0: Clap clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands podcast. Hosted by Elliot Shore Parks and Kyle Newbeck. Here they come. So, I want to circle back to what you said about the Sixers just being a very good team and being capable of making Boston look bad rather than Boston Mm -hmm. being overrated or whatever. I think one of the biggest things that people should pay attention to in this series It's not even necessarily Joel's blocked shots. It's the shots that Boston won't take or the bad shots that they do take because he's there. I mean, go down the list of guys. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Derek White, Marcus Smart, Malcolm Brogdon. Every single one of these guys has gotten to the paint at one point, thought they had a good shot, saw Joel, and either got rid of the ball, stopped dead in their tracks, or took a ridiculous off-balance shot that had no chance of going mm. in. And that's the difference that he makes. Like, yes, the block shots are great. Those can send them running the other way, just the same as a, a turnover or whatever else happens when he challenges these shots. The important thing to note is just that by him just being out there on the floor, he could be seven for 25 from the field. He could be having an awful offensive game. The second that he's in the game and near the pain on defense, the whole court changes for Boston and where they can get to what they can do offensively is distorted because of this guy. And it's, you know, we've had this conversation as it relates to MVP. It's why when you're looking at who the most valuable guy in the league is, you have to take that into consideration. Like he can, alter a game and alter an entire series where he's not even playing his best ball on offense because he is a just destructive force at the rim on defense. And you can see that you saw that big time in game five. It has not been, you know, wire to wire. Certainly as you've already said, the fatigue has been a factor at times, but is, you know, less and less as the series goes on. But that's why I have, I think at this point or at all year, I definitely think that he's at the level of that guy can be the best player on a a title winning team because NBA's leading scorer, all that stuff's obvious. We've known he's been a great defensive player for so long, but in this spot with an injured knee coming back after a two week layoff to still be able to have that level of defensive impact. That's, that's something that people really shouldn't take for granted.
1: There was a moment in the game today and look, they were probably up like 10 plus points, you know, or if not 14 plus when it happened, because it felt like they they were for the majority of that game. But Embiid has a turnover. I think the ball like dribbled off his foot. Maybe didn't go out of bounds. He had two in a row at one point where I was a little like, all right, like let's, let's get this together. But he had something bad happen on the offensive end. Um, I forget who, who was running for the lamp. It might've been Marcus Smart, but he's going down the court. Joel sprints all the way down. Jalen Brown is the It was Jalen Brown. About. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So Jalen Brown and sprints all the way down to court comes up, blocks him from behind. And I thought it was such a perfect example of like where this guy is at right now. To your point, first of all, Jokic would have broken every bone in his body if he tried to make that block. And he also <laughs> would have never gotten down to court in time. I think he would have
0: crossed half court.
1: No, he would have been flopping like, you know, all, all around the other side. But the block itself, I think, was such a perfect encapsula- encapsulation of where Embiid is at right now. Like, his team is winning game five. They're up with double digits. The Celtics are the team that's supposed to be, like, our season's on the line, and they're supposed to be the hustle team. They're the one that has Mr. Hustle Player of the Year, Mar- year Marcus Smart, who, by the way, gets away with literally everything. Like, he flops, he gets the calls. He smacks Joel in the arm, he gets the call. Like, he gets away with so many calls. But that aside, Joel goes, and he's, and he has that block, And if you think about where Joel was to where PJ yelled at him to where he is now, it's unbelievable how much these last five quarters have meant to Joel from the overtime to these four quarters of how much things have changed. When you watch Joel, like, what do you see right now? Like, how big do you think tonight was for him? Massive.
0: I mean, look, I I think you brought up the brace thing earlier. I think, and this is going to sound stupid. I almost think that that's like, set aside the physical part of it i think that's almost a sign of like Joel's just saying i feel right and i'm gonna yeah. go out there and i'm not gonna be encumbered by this like it i can't sit here and tell you i'm not a doctor or mm. orthopedic surgeon or anything could tell you anything about these ligaments mm-hmm. you just and whether it's for the, articles, or yeah. whether it's the right thing to do for him to take off the brace at this point But I think mentally it's the right thing. Like he was talking after game four and saying, I had no lift and I'm wearing the brace and this and that. And if what he needs to be his best right now is just to shed that and say, no excuses. Like it's, it's, he's almost like he's taking it out of his own mind. Like, Yeah. yeah, that's gone. I'm not using that anymore. I'm just, I'm Joel Embiid. I'm the MVP. I'm the guy I've been all year. If that's what it took and there's not like a ton of risk associated with it, then great, whatever he needs to do to be in that state of mind, because clearly they're such a different team when he is aggressive and taking it to teams. And that can mean different things. Like, I I don't even think it was all scoring tonight for him. Like, clearly the defensive stuff we talked about, but he made some great plays as a passer, you know, pick and rolls with James, where he's seeing somebody double him pretty quickly, turning and firing a pass out to a guy on the wing or in the corner. I just thought, he played with a I'm gonna hit them first mentality. I thought the whole team did that. You certainly saw that with guys like PJ Tucker, who I wrote in the recap tonight, it feels like every play he makes is just a soul crushing play. Yeah. Like it I would just it would be so infuriating to play against that guy where you don't think he's doing all that much for a long period of time. And then right when it feels like you have momentum going. This guy comes through like three different people and pulls out an offensive rebound. They reset the possession. The other team scores.
1: And you're like, what the fuck, man? We're just <laughs> never gonna, never gonna go. Well, he on made a three tonight made. at one point. He made a big three. If I'm not mistaken, he at one point of the game, he drew an offensive foul on Jalen Brown. So you're right. Like there were just, again, even though they were up big all game, there were Five or six moments in the second half where it maybe got to like eleven or fourteen, and you're like, oh, They're like here seesaw you go. type moments, yeah, yeah. And and each time they made the play, uh, Toby sat for a lot of the second half, which I thought was interesting. But I thought he that even was had foul hit.
0: trouble. He just couldn't stay out of foul trouble.
1: Yeah, night, I, so I will say, look, Melton played well for the most part, right? He had that big steal and he finished in uh, transition. So like he had his moments. I was a little disappointed in Doc that he sat Toby for that long for, with four fouls when you're up that much already, right? Like you ideally you're just killing minutes at that point. So I would have kept him in.